0: Hello, women of God. This is Erica. And Nurse Sally. And we want to welcome you to the Upstream Pursuit podcast, the leadership podcast for Christian women going against the current. Mm-hmm.
1: Welcome back, Pursuers. We hope you are having a wonderful week. How are you, Erica?
0: I'm doing good. Family's doing well. Work is going well. God is good. How about you?
1: Work is well, too. Um, You know, work is always um, very intense for me. (laughs) But um, it's really awesome, and I'm really excited because I am so blessed. As many of you guys know, I work for a private Christian university, so I get to work with really awesome people, not just the students that I work with but also the the staff and there's one specific person that I've gotten to connect I would say in the last year he's uh, one of the managers for um, I guess James are you in the El Paso area like is that where your territory is
2: correct yes so I cover El Paso Texas is where I live and serve but I also Uh cover the state of New Mexico for our work at our university
1: Yeah, so James is one of the university managers, and he is one of the coolest people, Uh, always has a smile on his face. And more importantly, he's a, a man of God. And this last fall, we had a regional training in Houston and he reached out to me and another co-worker about doing uh, some time of devotional with the staff members that were there for training. And it was such a beautiful time and I think the staff really enjoyed it. So I got to lead uh, a couple songs in worship and James brought the word. And um, and so while we were there, the word that he brought to us was regarding refreshing our vision for work and it was such great wisdom and so we've asked them to join us today to share that wisdom and insight with us um and i really really believe that it's gonna bless us today so thank you so much for joining us james
2: oh thank you for having me on i'm excited to share and discuss with you guys and and your pursuers here how we can refresh our vision for work
1: yeah
0: Welcome, James. Um, Pursuers James Romero serves as a campus pastor at Del Sol Church in El Paso, Texas. He also works full-time in higher education. He's been serving in a dual capacity since January of 2021 and enjoys serving alongside his wife, daughters, and church family. So welcome, James. So glad to have you here.
1: James, how long have you been pastoring?
2: So I started helping out was you know, I entered delso Church campus. I've been, my wife and I were raised Catholic. So we grew up Catholic, got married through the Catholic Church and found ourselves like many other couples uh, on the brink of divorce. And we knew that what was missing. So we ended up at a Christian church where we learned more in the one hour series they were doing on marriage than we had learned our entire lives. And so it's been a blessing and a journey that God has us on. We spent 10 years at the first church we had gone to, and then God called us somewhere else. We felt like there was somewhere else we needed to be. We can't explain why, but we got up and walked out and ended up at Del Sol Church. And the minute I walked in, I really connected with the current pastor there, but felt like a tap on the shoulder of the Holy Spirit speaking to me saying, I want Mm. you to do that for me. And I was like, no, not me. You know, there's so many other people that can do it. I suffer from public speaking anxiety. I don't want to get in front of people. And it started being reaffirmed by those around me asking me, you should help and you should be a pastor and you should assist. And I got a call from the pastor asking me how I felt about public speaking. And I was like, oh, Lord, he's he's moving and asking me to step out of my comfort zone. So. I did it, and I started helping in, in one capacity or another about five years ago. And it just led to more and more of, will you cover this part of the sermon? Will you fill in? Will you fill in for me when I'm out of town? And officially, in January of 2021, I became the campus pastor of one of our campus locations. We have one church, but multiple locations across the city.
1: That is awesome and such a good story. I, we hadn't talked about that, actually. So I'm glad that I asked you. Um, And it just reminds me of just how, how awesome God is in transforming people's lives. Uh, what's interesting about what you just said is that I would have never known that you had this anxiety over speaking in front of people because, Erica, let me tell you, at this training that we were at, we had the most fun we've ever had because James was the, was the best MC the whole time. And you just brought so much energy to the training. You uh, you brought so much fun. And so I know that, I, you know, a few of my coworkers, we commented on just like how awesome the whole experience was. And, and honestly, James, you, you had so much to do with that. So I find it remarkable that, that, God took you from that place of shyness to now to this place of just boldness and and uh and just the ability to share with, I mean not just share the word but like lead an entire campus. I know that that's a that's a big undertaking. So congratulations on that, and it's um it's a good uh, it's a good segue to what we want to talk about today because. Um, You know, like I had mentioned, James at the training, he had shared some wisdom on refreshing our vision for work. And there were some few points that he had that we thought, you know what, it'd be so great if you could share that with our pursuers. Because we're starting off the new year and we spend the majority of our time, uh, for those of us who who are working professionals, we spend the majority of our time basically at work and i know that god is, is calling us to to work in a in a manner that glorifies him uh, and god uh, wants us to work in a, in a way that it's that it's healthy and so so i'm going to turn it over to you james for you to just kind of tell us what god has been speaking you know to you about work and erica and i will just you know chime in whenever we hear something that that we feel we want to add to the conversation
2: Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. So I give God all the glory first and foremost for all that. So thank you for that information. I like to say he has me in a point now where I'm God-fident. So not confident in my own abilities, but confident in his abilities to use me. So it's awesome when we get to that point in life. But God had really been speaking to me about work because I think it's really easy for us to fall into that trap of thinking work is a curse. And I think if you look around you, that's kind of what the culture feeds us, right? The if you guys recall the Time to Make the Donuts commercial where he's half awake trying to get up and go to work and and even in our culture. I
1: haven't seen that. Yeah,
2: it's an old commercial. I think I'm dating myself, but he used to get up out of bed <laughs> half awake, just trying to get up and now go make the donuts and get out of work, and everything just seems like it's such a drudgery to get up and go to work and make things happen, and I really started praying about if that's true, and God laid on my heart that work is not a curse. Work is a blessing, and as I started digging into that further, I was enlightened, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me that, yeah, work is a blessing. God has given us the ability to work, and the more I looked into it, I realized how much God in, enjoyed work, God is still at work, Jesus worked himself, and it just kind of led me to start asking the question, why do we work, and is work really a curse, or is work a blessing? And that's kind of where I was, and where I started sharing.
1: Yeah, that's really good. One of the things that you have shared that really impacted me a lot was this idea that it is in jobs really again for those of us who are working professionals it is in our jobs where we spent the majority of our time living out our christian values right because um you know we're at church for a very short period of time but the rest of the time we're spending it at work we're spending it with our families and so i think it's really important that we consider okay well if we if we are spending so much time outside of church then what is it that God is calling us to do in that space you know so no that's really good
2: yes no exactly and I started to look at scripture right as believers as followers of Christ we're like what does God say about work and the Bible speaks about work over 800 times Um, out of the 52 parables that Jesus told 45 of them happen in a workplace context so I know work is important Mm -hmm. to God Um, Jesus worked. Jesus worked on the cross, you know, to pay for our sins. Jesus worked at the empty grave to conquer death. And then Jesus is working in heaven, even today, uh, working for us. So work is something that's clearly important to God. But it had me thinking, why do we work? And, you know, and I started looking at five reasons I think God wants us to work that i want to share with you on we can kind of open it up and for discussion but the first one that god laid on my heart was that we work to make a living i mean we do have to i know it's an obvious reason but it is a good reason to work i mean we need to buy food clothing have shelter and it's one of the most Mm -hmm. fundamental expressions of our faith in christ is to work hard and provide for our families i mean if you look at first timothy chapter 5 verse 8 it says, anyone who does not provide for their relatives and especially for their own household has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. I mean,
1: that's crazy. I
2: know those are some pretty strong words, but I was like, wow. And I want to be clear this isn't talking about somebody who wants to work, who cannot provide because they're trying, or maybe because of some other reason a layoff, company shutdown disability, some other legitimate reason like that. I think here, God is talking about maybe somebody who can work but just doesn't want to, you know, for some other reason that's not a valid reason. But I, we're told here clearly that we're supposed to provide for our families through work.
1: That's good.
2: So as I started, you know, delving in further, I was like, okay, God wants us to work. I get it. And I went further into this. And then if you look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10, it says, if anyone isn't willing to work, he should not eat. And I was like, mm. that's it's pretty profound. But yet it, it's simple. If we can't work again, that's one thing. But if we are unwilling to work, that's a different reason. So to me, right off the bat, I was looking at this and God's like, okay, we do need to work. We do need to provide. And again, by doing those things, then we're able to live out our calling that God has placed in our lives. So Mm -hmm. That was one of the major things that came up first. And then the second thing that came to me was that we work to be like God. Uh, I think this is the most important reason we work because we were created by God to become like him and more like him every day while we're here on earth by following Jesus. And the more we are like God, honestly, we've all that are followers of Christ have seen this. The more we follow him, the happier we are, the more fulfilled we are in life. And since God by nature is a worker, I think he wants us to be workers too. I mean, he worked at the beginning, right, of the Bible. We see in Genesis that he worked to create everything mm-hmm. perfectly, and he used his abilities and worked hard to bring his His ideas into a reality. We read in Scripture that he worked for six days and then took a day off to set an example for us also that rest is a good thing. But then he got back to work again, you know, so... Those are the first two reasons that I think God wants us to work. So
1: I was going to say, James, so when you say to be like God, you mean like to reflect his character and his nature, correct?
2: Correct. Exactly. To reflect his nature, to reflect his character, because I feel as Christ followers, obviously Jesus is our greatest example. um, And we want to be like him in how we work. And he worked hard. God worked hard to create this wonderful universe for us. And I think if we are going to be followers of Jesus and be God's children, that we too should work. But yes, to reflect his nature and his character... And especially because that becomes a witness and a testimony to those around us. Mm, yeah, that's really good.
0: James, as you're talking about God's character and how he is a hard worker, it reminds me of a conversation Narcelli and I have had in the past about laziness and how easy it is for people to, including ourselves, want to fall to doing nothing, right? Um, and, and being lazy in certain areas of our life and how scripture actually points away from those types of things. Um, there are different scriptures that do talk about laziness or slothfulness and the um, danger in being that type of person. So uh, it's it's great to hear you also confirming how scripture does talk about God being a character of hard work.
1: Mm.
2: Yes, exactly. That's, that's very good. And you know, one thing that really stands out to me as you said that is we do live in a fallen world right tainted by sin and we do need jesus and the power of his holy spirit to live the way he wants us to but you touched on something very interesting when we are lazy the focus is on where on who Mm,
1: that's good the
2: focus is on us right our our own comfort our own wanting to just kick back and do nothing And I think if we think of it that way or frame it that way, that's exact opposite of what Jesus and God were about. You know, Jesus was all about others. He came to serve, not to be served. And that kind of reminds me when I'm falling into that funk of comfort or looking to be lazy because I don't want to do something. Because let's be honest, sometimes obviously it's easier to just not do something and relax and kick back and make excuses for ourselves that we've earned it or we don't need to do that. But I think there's a fine line Mm -hmm. because Narcelli mentioned it earlier. We don't want to be a workaholic, but we also don't want to be kicking back using it as an excuse either. So that's great. Yes. Great reminder.
0: Yeah. I often think that it's easy to forget that my job, my current role is part of my ministry. I am a children's director at my church. So I look at that as a time when I'm sharing Jesus with the little ones. I'm preparing for the week but I can sometimes be less intentional about how I share Jesus with my words or my actions in my current role.
2: Yes, exactly. And I think I love that you said intentional because oftentimes we think we're placed in workplaces by accident or randomly, or you're there because you applied or because you wanted to be there, but we got to remember his sovereignty. If he has us, working and he's provided because we know it all comes from him if he's provided a workplace for us to make a living Mm. that's exactly where he needs us to be and it's not just for this one reason of you know to work to earn a paycheck to pay bills but it's much deeper than that he placed us there to fulfill our calling to be a light in the dark world that so desperately needs it and i even have to be reminded of that because sometimes i'm guilty of separating my work and ministry and saying oh my work or my ministry at church mm. and the truth is it's all my ministry i have the opportunity to share the love of jesus and the light of god to those around me in all places that he's placed me in and especially at work
1: that's so good we one of the things we had talked about um several episodes back when we had talked about like the creational purpose of woman of the woman. And just looking at the um, Genesis story, and and you know, to your point, James, like it is such a, an important part of our creational purpose. I mean, in Genesis two fifteen, it says the Lord God placed the man in the Garden of Eden two ten, and watch over it. So the our our own creational purpose is that, and which is why I I love that you say you know it's not a curse, it's it's a blessing, and um. And just even I, I found myself do, saying the same thing, you know, I'll say, oh, I, I have to work. And then, oh, I have the ministry as opposed to viewing both of these things as as one and in, in the same. It's almost like um, like putting a worship, like your worship hat and then taking off your worship hat. <laughs> it's like it's like you don't do that. Right. Like you're a worshiper no matter what. And it's like, yeah, it's like don't take off your work hat um if you believe that that the work that you're doing has a, a purpose and a plan in according in accordance with what God is calling you to do in that in this specific season. So that's really good.
0: Yeah, and I also want to say that, you know, in the beginning of a job it's so easy to be aware of our purpose for that position and how we're constantly thinking about it. At that time we're very grateful that we've gotten that job. But then, after two, three, five, ten years into a position, it's very easy for us to kind of default or forget our way in that purpose or that calling in that position, and I find myself asking the question of what is my purpose here? Like, God, is there a different purpose that I'm supposed to have? Am I on the right track? Or I'm still on the right track of what that purpose is for me in this current position? Um, Is he prompting me to uh, leave this position and go to a different position? Um, Those are the types of questions I think we ask. And I, I think it's important to recognize that sometimes this is pretty easy to do in the very beginning of a position or a job that we have. Um, but after we've been in it for quite some time, it, it can sometimes be easy to forget what that calling looks like in those particular positions that we've been placed in. So, you know, turning back to God and asking those questions and, in, and being prayerful about what God wants you to continue to do in your current position, I think is really important.
2: Yes, I love that. Yeah, to both your points, it's it's amazing to start off with what you shared, Narsely, and I'm so awesome that you brought up Genesis 2.15, because that is so true. I mean, he took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work and to take care of it. So it's kind of interesting that the oldest profession in the world is actually yard work, right? So we know that's a lot of, <laughs> that's a lot of hard work. And, you know, sometimes we're guilty of this, and myself included, is that we just think that. It was paradise, right? Like the Garden of Eden was paradise. We think of it as a Mm -hmm. 365-day weekend. But yet the Bible tells us that that's not what it is. I mean, if you you really think about it, some of the most unhappy, unsatisfied, and bored people in life are those who have nothing to do. And I honestly think Mm. that the reason is because they were created by God to work. And the other thing I was going to say, Erica, to your point is that is so true. We need to remind ourselves because it may be easy when you go into a job to be like, oh, thank you, Lord, for this job. I have a calling here. And then we fall into the rut of just going to work and doing the work and forgetting that that it is a calling. And that's actually the third point that God brought to my heart is that we work to fulfill a calling. And too often, I think people are guilty of thinking of a calling as having to do with direct church work, right? Like, oh, you were called mm-hmm. to be a missionary. You were called to be a pastor. But I think that's a very dangerous mindset because it implies that religious work is somehow a better calling from God than all other jobs. And that those are our inferior when it comes to God's mission in the world. But honestly, that's not biblical i think god calls people to all kinds of different careers
1: Mm -hmm. um to follow up on that james what would you say to a stay-at-home parent who is like her job in this season is to care for her children right and like maybe she's listening to this and she's like oh man i'm not fulfilling my creational purpose because i'm just at home with the kids right like what would you say to that woman
2: Wow, I love that question because it's perfect, right? It's easy to think that maybe you're at home and you're sitting out of what God wants you to do. But man, the calling of a stay-at-home parent, whether it's a mom or a dad, a parent who stays at mm. home, that work is just as noble as that of a missionary who's going off into a foreign land. I mean, think about it. Yeah. They have a high and precious calling of raising up the future leaders of this nation. Mm. I mean, if you are out there and that's what you do, don't ever, ever think that you're wasting your talents by staying home because what you do each day is very, very important and even sometimes far more important than stockbrokers on Wall Street, no offense, or politicians or things that happen out there. But man, what a calling to be able to prepare young people in the ways of God and in the right way and future leaders of this nation and of our of our faith. So man, keep up the great work and yes, it is work. That's not well, I know we're talking about workplaces, but that is a workplace and you have so much power to impact so many people beyond even what you may see uh here while you're here on earth, but God knows what he's doing. He always has a big picture in mind.
1: Yeah, that's so good. Thank you. And I know that's encouraging to some of our listeners who are um who are doing that and um, you know, again, I, I say working professionals because some of us, you know, I don't have children. So for me, my work just looks a little bit different. But I've always just admired, especially in our culture, just the role of a parent who's doing exactly what you said. I love that you called it raising up uh, the future Christian leaders of tomorrow. James, would you say that there's a difference between a calling and a career?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. I think I think a calling is what God gives us until he calls us home. A career can change, right? So I could be told tomorrow that I'm going to have to change careers or God could call me to do something else. And that may be he's sending me somewhere else. But my calling is never going to change. My calling is to help everyone everywhere know and follow Jesus. So if my career Mm -hmm. changes, that's still my calling. It could be at horror. Where... Say
1: that one more time. Your calling is?
2: My calling is to help everyone everywhere know and follow Jesus. That's so James, good. James, would you say
0: that's a calling for everyone?
2: Yes, I think that's a calling for every Christian out there for following Christ. Our goal should be to let everyone know about him and who he is and help him follow them because we know that that's going to bring all the solutions. I think it's the what everyone in our culture and our world is searching for. Even though they don't know it yet, Mm. we have the answer and our career could be different. God could call us to different careers, but the mission is still the same. So it's almost like we're being put in different mission fields, if you will. Uh, A career also ends at retirement, right? Maybe God calls us to do something else towards the end of our lives. But a calling calling is till we meet him one day face to face. And it's amazing to keep that perspective. Mm.
0: So... A couple of ways you've already mentioned on how we can refresh our vision for work is a work to make a living, a work to be more like God, a work to fulfill our calling. Uh, those are great reminders. Do you have more?
2: Yes, there is. So also, I think we work to represent God. And again, it's kind of going with what we're saying here. Our work is to be a witness to the world, right? We are supposed to be a witness to the world around us. And I mean, think about it. Honestly, sometimes us as Christians, we think, man, you know, it'd be a lot nicer if everyone around me was just a Christian. Or, you know, it'd be nice if I could work in an awesome environment like that where I wouldn't have to deal with people who are rude or mean or kind of just bad out there in society. Um, Or maybe we we're out there and we're complaining because of our co-workers or how they act. And it's kind of funny to think sometimes that we're surprised that non-Christians would act like non-Christians. But again, I think we're there to represent <laughs> God because he put us there for a reason. If we're around people who don't know him, if we're around people who don't follow him, then I think we are there to be a representative of God in the places that he places us. And if you read um, Paul's letter to the Corinthian church in 2 Corinthians 5.20, he says, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ since God is making his appeal through us. And this sounds kind of silly, but I've thought of this sometimes. Maybe I'm the only one, but have you ever thought, man, why doesn't God just take us home once we're saved? I mean, he saved us. He, we accepted him. We get it now. Can we go and spend eternity with him? But I think we're left here, honestly, to be ambassadors for Jesus wherever we go until he calls us home. Um, That's in your family, right, within the walls of your own home, in your neighborhood, where you go to school, where God has given us a career, our work, as we're talking about here, so that we could represent Jesus there. I think it's important for us to remember, for your pursuers, for followers of Christ, that when we become followers of Jesus Christ— then the Bible tells us that we switch citizenships, right? We, Yes, we're, American, we're United States citizens. Uh, yes, we live in this world, but all that stuff becomes secondary because we become citizens of heaven. And at that point, our primary allegiance is now to God. Obviously, it doesn't mean that we're going to withdraw from the world. It doesn't mean we're not going to say the Pledge of Allegiance. We're going to be responsible citizens of this nation. But it does remind us that our truest devotion is to God above all else.
0: That's good. This is something that I've thought about um, the past couple of years. How, you know, we often think for some reason um, that God needs us to do certain things, and and the reality is, God doesn't need us to do anything. He can do anything He wants as God. But I think what's so precious and and important is understanding that God allows and wants us to participate in His work with Him. And that's something that we shouldn't take lightly. It's something that is important. But again, it's not something that God needs us to do. It's something that we get to do with God as ambassadors of Christ.
2: Yes, no, that's so true. And you know, one thing is, is the great thing about being an ambassador, right? We understand what ambassadors are. Maybe an American ambassador will go live in another nation. They'll live there, they'll speak the language, they'll eat the food, they'll treat the people of that other nation with dignity and respect. They may even participate in some of that nation's you know, customs or traditions, but there's never any doubt about who that ambassador is, right? They are an American hmm. first and foremost. They're there to represent and promote the policies and beliefs of their home nation. So that's what we're to do for Christ. And let's be honest, some ambassador jobs are a little bit easier, right? Like the ambassador to Canada, um, that would be a little bit easier than some other places in the world that aren't so safe. And maybe an ambassador there has to live under constant pressure, or danger, or death threats. And mm-hmm. some of those jobs are not as easy. And I think the Bible is telling us, too, that we are ambassadors of Christ. And that's why we're here. And again, not all our assignments Not all our lives are going to be easy. Not all our circumstances are going to be the same. I mean, if you think about uh, the Apostle Paul was the greatest example of living out, being an ambassador for Christ, even being behind chains, saving prison guards, uh, singing about Christ to other prisoners, even in the middle of everything he was going through. um, Man, what a privilege it is to be able to fulfill our calling to be his ambassador, no matter what we're going through. And sometimes I think it's easy to to be an ambassador when times are good forget being an ambassador when we're going through some trouble but man what a privilege it is to serve him through all things
1: yeah and 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 as you were talking I was thinking about then what does that mean for our work you know and I'm thinking okay well then that means that if we're to be sharing the customs that are that come along with our heavenly citizenship that means that we are also um, going back to reflecting the nature of God, right? Or the character of God, that means we're being honest in our work. We have integrity in our work. We're treating people with dignity and respect because we believe that they are also image bearers. So it's not just about doing the work, but then it also becomes about the heart and the attitude And the mindset in which we do that work, because now we're not doing it for our bosses, right? Like, we're doing it for God himself. We're doing it because we're representing God himself. And that changes everything.
2: Amen. Yes, like we work for an earthly boss, right? There's somebody who we report to. But it really does change the perspective when you realize that we are working for Christ. And we're there to be his representative. And it may be tough. And we may not agree. And some of these assignments may get a little rough when there's bad days, but we're there for a reason. I mean, Colossians 3.17 says, whatever you do or say, let it be as a representative of the Lord Jesus. And I have to be reminded of that every day because we're human, right? This side of of heaven and his return, uh, we're going to fall short sometimes. And I have to remind myself every day. This may be a good practice for you guys and your pursuers out there to, no matter what you're called to, work, like we said, can be at home or work can be in a workplace. But as you leave there every week, I've tried to make it a habit and sometimes I forget. But the Holy Spirit reminds me to ask myself every day, every week, is my work a better place and a happier place because I am there? Mm. And I have to remind myself, is it or did I fall short this week? Did I fall short today? Um, Do people at my work know that I'm a follower of Christ? And I'm not saying, I know there's some organizations where it's easier to share that and some where it's tougher. But is your workplace brighter because you shine for Jesus? It doesn't have to be shouting scripture or calling out people's wrongs. Or we know that God calls us to love one another first and foremost. For people to look at you and say, hey, there's something different about Narcelli. There's something different about Erica. There's something different about James. Uh what is that? And I think the Holy Spirit uses that as an opening for us to be able to share why it is that it's not me but it's Christ living in me. Yeah. The last point I wanted to share was that we work to benefit others, right? Exactly what we're saying. And let's be honest, sometimes the people we work with as we know um can be kind of mean, right? I mean, it depends on what you do and who you're dealing with, but Sometimes the people we serve at our workplaces aren't very nice to us. We know there's people out there who can lie, people who may cheat. And again, we all fall short in one way or another. Some people more often than us, right? So we go out there and we face all these mean people sometimes or a bad day or things don't go the way we want them to. And it's tempting in our own human nature, right, if we're acting on the flesh and not in the power of the spirit to react just like them to give back what they're giving us to act just the way we feel is justified in our own broken, uh, selves. But man, what an amazing thing when we can empower the Holy spirit to not respond that way and to respond the way Jesus did. I mean, think about it. When we think somebody's being mean to us and we're offended, who more than Jesus had the right to be offended? I mean, some people kiss Jesus on the cheek, others spit in his face. But yet he served them equally. I mean, when we work, I think we must remember that we are there to serve. And whether they're being nice or not, uh, that's what Jesus did, you know. So if we can follow his example, I think that's how people will see that we're different. That's how people will see the love of Jesus. That's how people will be uh, introduced to the power of the Holy Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit. Um, And that's how we give back to others, right? We're able to share with them. The good news of the gospel, the good news that Jesus is for everyone everywhere, that he died for us, that there's nothing we can do to earn salvation, but also to use our good good hard work to give generously to those in need. And that's to share the good news with them, but also in a tangible, very real way. I mean, if I didn't work and have finances, I wouldn't be able to give back. I wouldn't be able to support people that are out there sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. I wouldn't be able to help meet a need of a friend when they need it, or someone in the church. I wouldn't be able to give back to the church as He calls us to do to be obedient in Him in that area. So also, I think giving back is a very, very important reason why uh, God gives us the ability to work, and it is such a blessing.
1: That's so good. And James, I have to tell you something. Our workplace is is a much better and brighter place because of you, man.
2: Oh, thank you so much for that. All glory all glory to God. Again, that's the point where I can come back and say, awesome, thank you so much. But that's not because of James Romero. That's because of the Holy Spirit living in me. And it's the same Spirit that yeah. can live in you too, you know. And that's the good news is that we all fall short. We're nothing special. We're not, yes, God loves us. He made us all very unique with our own gifts and talents. But when you allow the Holy Spirit to come and live inside you and do what God made you to do, man, that's a fun way to live. And even when you know it's not in your own power.
0: Yeah. James, what would you say to pursuers who are currently right now, let's just say in a funk, they just don't feel like going to work every day and having this refreshed spirit. What's something that they can do now in order to get them to that point?
2: That's a great question because it is true. We all face it, right? None of us are immune to that. I think the shift, honestly, is going to be prayer. Prayer. Bottom line is spend some time talking to God. God is a big God. We serve a big God. He can handle our tantrums. He can handle our complaints. We don't have to go to him with formal comments. He knows our heart. So don't think that we're hiding anything uh, by going there with a mad face and trying to pretend we're not. God knows what's going on inside. So I found it very helpful just to vent. To be honest with God, I'm not feeling it. This is what I'm thinking. And I think it's almost like a warning light that we should acknowledge. You know, and a car dashboard, lights light up all the time, right? Check your engine or oil or your gas is running low. And I think when we're feeling anxious, when we're feeling angry, when we're feeling frustrated, when we wake up on the wrong side of the bed, Those are natural, right? A car could break down, but those are warning lights that it's time to pray. So I think if we go out there and we just pray and ask God, hey, help me get this right. I'm not in the right mindset. My heart isn't right. Father, you know this. And I think if we look to him, I've always found it helpful that I'm in a much better place after spending time in prayer than in just staying there in those thoughts because we know we can all go there and we could do a whole Another episode on how we think because the more often we think certain thoughts, the easier they are to think again, right? Like neurological pathways. But scripture calls it rethinking or thinking about what we think, and science can call it neurological pathways. But the more we think on things, the easier it is to think about again. So if we wake up on the wrong side of the bed and stay that way long enough, it's going to become easier and easier to wake up on the wrong side of the bed. If we wake up and counter that with God's word, with his scripture, with his word, with the truth, then it becomes easier to replace that when it happens again.
1: That's so good, James. Man, what a blessing. I, I'm i telling you, this has been just such a rich conversation. And, and really what we wanted to do today was literally that, to refresh our vision for work because like erica said you know there are days when we might get up and we don't want to do it or um or we take it for granted i mean i know that um i have i and i know that that was something that was mentioned i remember you know when i first got my job i was so excited because um i knew without a without a doubt that the lord had brought me there and then you get into the routine and then you're just like, oh, man, this is hard or, oh, you know, and you're stressed and you're not managing your time, you know, the way you're supposed to. And all these things end up taking something that you were so excited for and just it um, it tarnishes it. And in 2023, we just want to we want to be excited for our jobs. We want to thank God for our jobs And you know, and maybe you're listening, and you're saying, "Well, I don't know. Um, You know, things are really, just really, really bad at my job." And I I would say that that's okay. You know, pray about it, ask the Lord to to show you. But until God moves you out, remember that the job is still the provision of God. That God is still uh, calling us to be His ambassadors, even in the midst of our frustration. there in our work. And I think that this this perspective that James has shared with us today, we hope that it that it's helped you in some way. So just to sort of recap, the five ways to refresh your vision is to remember that we work to make a living. Um, we work so that we can be more like, like God or to reflect the, the character of Christ, to fulfill our calling, which goes way beyond our careers, to be ambassadors for Christ and represent God and ultimately to serve others.
2: You are exactly right, and I love that. And if I could just say one thing to your pursuers out there and all of us that are following Christ, it's change your focus. If you change your focus, every time that I have an issue, that I'm frustrated, and Arcella, you hit it on the head. So many times we've been praying and praying, Lord, please allow me to land this job. Please allow me to land this job. And he opens that door. And we're given an opportunity. And then before we know it, we're praying, dear Lord, get me out of this job, right? Get me out of this <laughs> job because it's harder than I thought. The ideal is not yeah. the real. And now I don't want to be here. And we got to be reminded that when we start thinking that way, the focus has shifted to ourselves. And if we keep mm. a focus on Christ, number one, if we keep our focus on number two, serving others, man, it's kind of hard to complain. So go out there and make it a great 2023. Yeah,
0: that's good. James, thank you so much for taking your time to share your wisdom with us today.
2: Oh, thank you for allowing me to be here. It was a pleasure. God bless.
0: Pursuers, we hope this has been an encouragement to you as you go into this new year in whatever position that you're in, that you will continue to see how God is working in you and through you as an ambassador of Christ We hope you have a wonderful week and let's stand for truth pursuers.